It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Hello and welcome to another episode of All That's Jazz. the musical sound and arrangement of Stevie Wonder's Do I Do, performed by our special guest today. He is a 14-year-old multi-instrumental prodigy. His name is Justin Lee Schultz. Justin, thanks for joining us here on All That's Jazz. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Let me begin by asking you, what would you say if I told you that I've been in radio and television for many, many years now, and I've interviewed kind of a who's who list of really famous people, but I'm actually nervous about speaking to you? Well, that would be insane to me because I wouldn't understand why you were nervous. I think it's going to be a fun conversation, so I think it'd be cool. It, it will be, and, and I... I kind of half-kiddingly bring that up, only because I think, frankly, uh, of your talent, I'm in awe. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Wow. Thank you so much. That means a lot. And you're still 14, correct? Yeah, I'm 14. Yes. And you have one release to your credit called Groove Kid, and that was (laughs) recorded when you were 13, a whole year ago. Yeah, a whole year ago. Yeah. (laughs) Do you ever get tired of being described uh, as a, a whiz kid or a prodigy or wonderkind? Well, I'm not sure because I don't consider myself like a prodigy, just so to say. So I'm not sure how to answer that question. But for me, from my point of view, I'm just trying to, you know, get better, you know, at my craft and, you know, just keep keep at it because this is what I love to do. So. Well, and you, you do it obviously very well. And you started at the tender age of like, five years old, if I believe, uh, with a keyboard in the house, and you just picked up on it and ran with it. Basically. (laughs) Basically. So how did that happen? Tell me the story about that. Yeah, okay, so my dad's a jazz guitarist, and before I started playing, I used to always go to his shows or rehearsals with my sister, and uh, music was kind of, you know, all around me um, all the time since like a very young age, practically since I was born. So, uh, yeah, so that's, you know, how I got into music and how, how I got interested in it. And as far as, you know, starting to play, there was just a keyboard in the house and I just started doodling around on it. And I guess, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. Well, I was reading a, a little bit of uh, some of your background and it, it talked about your dad being in the other room when you were five years old and he heard what he thought was one of the songs that he had played earlier in the day and he thought maybe you were playing it on your cell phone or your device 
and lo and behold, he walked in the room, and there you were playing it on the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, I don't quite remember that day, but I, I guess that's what happened, yeah. <laughs> How do you think this comes to you? Uh, is it something where music has always been in your head, and it just seems naturally a, a talent that you have or a gift that you have? Um, I do think some aspects come naturally to me, but... Uh, you know, through practice and, you know, persistence and it just it just became kind of second nature. But um, I'm still working on becoming better because there's always stuff to work on and there's always stuff that I want to crack at or something I want to discover. So it's always a journey and I don't think I'm ever going to, you know, fully grasp everything I want to. Have you really ever had any musical education other than the familiarization of the music within your household? When I moved to the States with my family back in 2015, since we were originally from Africa, uh, that's when I started taking lessons with my piano teacher, Jeremy Siskind, who is a jazz professor at um, a college in L.A. Uh, so I started taking lessons with him, and I've been taking lessons ever since, and he's helped me so much. So you didn't go to a music school when you were younger, like a, a school for prodigy children kind of thing? No, I, I, I didn't. You know, my dad would uh, help me and guide me, and I would, you know, YouTube the stuff, or he'd uh, YouTube and try to, like, teach me. And, yeah, that's that's basically how it, how it happened, yeah. You were able to hear music and just reproduce it yourself in your head and then through your music by playing on the keyboard? I guess so. It was just a, a lot of discovery for me. I would just sit there for like hours and just, you know, try to figure out stuff, uh, try to figure out, you know, what I heard on the radio where there was like Bob James or uh, Herbie Hancock and just try to, you know, figure it out by myself, find my find my uh, my own technique, you know, make it make it my own. So, What drives you, though? I mean, what what is it that inspires you to do this every single day? I'm sure you must practice hours on end. Uh. I just have I just have a, like a very big love and passion for music, and um, you know no one's ever forced me to practice or anything. I just go back day after day, you know, trying to get better. Uh, and you know, inspirations I get from everywhere, uh, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, people, or from like you know the legends like George Benson or Oscar Peterson. So yeah, it's just my passion that drives you know my love for music. Was there a moment in your young life when you woke up one day and said, you know what, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life? Yeah, probably about three weeks after I started playing, my dad had a show and he let me sit in on the show and I, I loved, you know, performing in front of people. And that was my first performance. So after that first performance, that was like when I was like, yeah, I want to do this for the rest of my life. So there's music in your family, obviously. Your father is a jazz guitarist, bass player yeah. as well, and you play keyboards and numerous other instruments. And then your sister's a drummer. Yeah, my sister's a drummer, and she plays bass too, and she plays a little keys, so yeah. Just the two of you uh, as siblings in the family, or are there others? Well, I have an older brother, but he's more into like sports and stuff, mm. not, not really into music. Well, what happened? Is he now the family outcast or what? Not really. Not the outcast because my mom doesn't play anything. So they both they both listen to the stuff that, you know, myself, my sister, and my dad make. 
When you all get together, do you play even casually, just for fun kind of thing? Yeah, you know, it depends. Uh, if I'm just like playing around, my sister will come to the room, you know, pick up a bass. Or if she has a drum set in the room, then she'll like start playing. Uh, it happens organically, you know, stuff like that. How much older is your sister or is she older than you? She's 17. She's going to be 18 uh, actually like in a few in a few days, like next week. And where did the drums come into play for her? You know, it was kind of the same thing. So uh, after we'd go to his rehearsals, uh, she would like bang on pots or something or like bang on the car seat. And, you know, my dad got our drum kit and then that's how she started you know, it's so funny you mentioned that because we, we've talked to a number of drummers uh, through our history of the podcast, and a lot of them have said they did the same kind of thing. You know, they start playing the furniture or the pots and so forth, and then finally the parents said, look, let's just get you a drum kit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're, yeah, we're done having you damage our pots. Let's just get you a drum kit. <laughs> You play piano. You, you yeah. play all sorts of electronic keyboards and electronic things, even the harpeggi. Yeah. Tell us about that uh, instrument. Yeah. Uh, so the harpeggi is basically a guitar and a piano, but mixed. So it's, it's a piece of wood, like this big, and it has six, well, it's a podcast, you can see, but it has 16 strings. And basically, uh, it has different markers on it. So uh, the white markers represent white keys on a keyboard, and the black represent black keys on a keyboard. And also the string aspect brings in guitars. thing to you know like experiment on uh and try to you know just make different sounds in addition to that which is uh, somewhat of an exotic item uh, you don't find a lot of that uh, in ensembles these days you also are uh, i guess for lack of better description a master of using talk box now for the benefit of some of our listeners that don't know what that is and how it works you Give us a little education on TalkBox. Uh, so TalkBox is basically a machine that you would plug your like synthesizer into or your guitar into. And then the sounds from the synthesizer or guitar would go from the, the, the keyboard or guitar into the machine. And then you'd plug a tube into the machine and it'd go from the keyboard to the machine and then machine up the tube into your mouth and then basically you manipulate the sound with your mouth by like saying you know vowels or words and just mouthing them out so that's kind of how it works
so you you're really not using your vocal cords no not at all because some some people think that you sing into it and then it's like auto-tune but it's not really like auto-tune it's basically you're manipulating a sound from a synthesizer that's basically it so how did you get involved with that social media i saw this guy named mr talkbox he played on like 24 karat bruno mars and like kendrick lamar stuff and i saw him playing it and i got interested so then i started you know googling it and uh youtubing it and then i asked my dad to get me one and then first like first couple weeks i have to admit that i quit because i couldn't get the sound that i wanted but then a couple months later i picked it up again and then I configured something, and then I got my first breakthrough, so to say, on it, and I just been hooked on it ever since. And the other part of it that, that I found intriguing was the fact is that you don't necessarily have to be a good singer in order for it to translate into music for a talk box. Yeah, you don't have to be a good singer at all. You can just, it's, uh, it's mainly down uh, to your, like, synth or guitar that's where the tone of it comes from and also what's cool about it is that you can manipulate the tone also with your mouth by like uh extending your you know your throat or like um making it really compressed it just depends on you know what type of sound you're going for justin tell me about your influences in terms of the type of music uh, that you have gotten yourself into the different genres and so forth your dad was a jazz musician, but yeah. was jazz the first influence for you? Yeah, it was. I started out playing, you know, jazz standards like Satin Doll, Autumn Leaves, Giant Steps. like my first loves and I love playing that and then I discovered uh Michael Jackson then I got into like pop stuff and then I started listening to that uh that to Bruno Mars and then I discovered blues and I also play in church so I'd be around gospel and I just try to you know keep my ears open and not put myself in a box of you know jazz and that's kind of helped me in my arranging and songwriting just trying to you know uh include different influences from those other genres into you know what i do in jazz and you know vice versa when you are developing your music and i assume you compose much of the music that's on your uh, groove kid release which came out what is it a year ago it came out in november november 13 2020 Mm -hmm. and there was uh, a track on there well there is a track on there called do i do which is uh, a stevie wonder tune uh, as everybody knows Uh, how much of an influence is he on your music 
I mean, he's a huge influence. Huge. Like, I love Stevie Wonder so much. His songwriting is still relevant today from those records, from like Songs in the Key of Life to like, uh, you know, all his records, like uh, back in the 70s, and it's still relevant today, which is crazy to me. And, you know, his ear is singing, his playing. So he's a huge influence. And I, I always listening. I'm always listening to him. So the $64,000 question is, <laughs> have you, it, it, well, I, well, I don't have that much with me today. But uh, anyway, uh, the, the big question is, have you ever played for Stevie Wonder? I have not. That's, that's on my bucket list, though. I really want to, like, even if it's just to meet and just have a conversation, just, I just really want to, you know, meet him and hopefully play for, with him. What, what do you think that experience would be like? Would you freeze up, do you think? Or do you have that confidence and assurance in yourself that you would just tear it up? Well, I know I'd be nervous because it's Stevie Wonder. Uh, I don't know what it'd be like. I'll be, I'd be starstruck for sure. But I just try to, you know, do my best and, you know, keep it cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, somehow I suspect you probably would keep it cool because I've seen you perform in a lot of the videos uh, that uh, you have up on various websites and so on, and you handle yourself very well. Did that come very naturally, or were you ever? Are you ever really nervous when you get up in front of people? Um, it, it varies because sometimes I'm really nervous, and sometimes I'm just like not nervous. I just I don't know. It's hard to answer that question. You just seem like a natural when you're in front of an audience. Uh, I watched you uh, on uh, one of the shows. uh, uh, Sorry, the name is escaping me right now. Uh, The one with Steve Harvey. Oh, yeah, Little Big Shots. Little Little Big Big Shots, thank you. Uh, When you were doing Little Big Shots, uh, you were 10 years old, and, and yet... You were on that stage acting like you were a 35-year-old seasoned professional. Thank you so much. Uh, usually, I get really nervous in the beginning, but uh, then as I you know, play maybe like first, second song or five minutes in, then I'll just become really relaxed and you know, just play the music because that's what I love to do. You know, it's, you could see that too because uh, as soon as you started talking, I think all the anxiety went away and then you just ate it up. I mean, you even got the crowd to chanting, Justin, Justin. That was so uh, cool. I remember that. I remember that, yeah. So that, that, that's pretty amazing. And, and, you know, I would imagine there's a comfort level because a lot of your uh, history and your life thus far musically you've been playing with family and i'm sure that gives you a little more of a comfort level would it would that be a, a fair assumption yeah that would uh since you know it's my family i've been around them for my whole life so getting on stage with them and playing is just like really fun you can just be relaxed and you know laugh while you're playing or you know just yeah just have a great time so there's got to be a great interaction between you and your sister and your dad, and you can see that. Yeah, because we, we have a great, you know, offstage relationship, and that really, you know, translates to on stage. Uh, so, you know, the things that you see us, you know, smiling or, you know, laughing, that, that's offstage first, and then, you know, it translates. Yeah. So have you ever had a musical moment with your dad to where you've, as the leader of the ensemble, say, hey, Dad, you know what? This ain't working, man. 
Um, well, we, we, like, we started to do, like, uh, a lot of back and forths because I started going into, like, you know, arranging, so musically I'd, like, approach him with an idea and he'd say, yeah, that's a good one, maybe we should, like, try this or do that, and I'd do the same thing with, uh, you know, my sister, so it's kind of a good, you know, back and forth relationship and, you know, it's good to have everybody's perspective because a lot of people have different ears to hear, so to get, you know, a good arrangement or whatever you can, you know, just go from there, different perspectives and see how, see how it sounds. Well, that's good because it shows he has a respect for you and your talent uh, and he can set aside uh, the fact that he's the dad <laughs> instead of saying, look, I'm the father here. I'll tell you what to do and this is how we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yeah, he allows a lot of, you know, creative freedom for me just to be you know, just to be me and just to try to find my lane. So, yeah. Well, it's pretty obvious that being you is uh, pretty cool and pretty special. Uh, how do you relate to other kids your age? Uh, I, I know you're in your own world and, and you have your own uh, agenda going on. Uh, do other kids find themselves in awe of you or, or do they just come hang out with you because you're Justin and not Justin the musician? I'm not really sure... Yeah, but when I hang out with, you know, my friends, I'm just, we talk about non-music things, and uh, most of my friends are musicians, and that's cool that we don't have to just talk about music to, you know, be friends. We can just, you know, hang out, and if we want to, you know, jam or something, then we will. But, uh, yeah, it's really, it's really, it's really free, so I think they just hang out with me because I'm Justin, and not Justin the musician. <laughs> and, and I would imagine that it's uh, actually a kind of an interesting thing to be Justin the musician especially when it comes to girls uh, I'm not really into girls not right now I'm focused on my music I'm married to my work <laughs> I like that see see you're talking like a 35 year old guy already you're not talking like a 14 year old kid that wants <laughs> to go jump on and play some Mario yeah, I do play Mario now and then, though, so it's a good balance. It's a good balance. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sure that's important to you because a good balance in any of our lives is really important. You've you got to have some fun, and you've got to walk away from it. Is there ever time when music isn't fun? Not, not in my case, no. Uh, but when, you know, when I find that I'm getting, like, maybe I'm in a rut with my playing, I just put on a record or something that I'm really like dying to work out and then I'll just do it. it so there's never a dull moment when I'm playing. No. Well, you play all kinds of music and we've already addressed that in terms of crossing genres. Uh, you play R&B, you play funk, you play jazz, uh, you play it all. But some of the this, the th videos that I uh, watched of you uh, were very impressive to me on the jazz side of things. Thank you me. have a video that it shows you and Bob James sitting down, fantastic jazz pianist, and you're playing a wonderful composition. What were you playing in that video? Um, well, it depends. Uh, we recorded multiple videos. Uh, there's one where I was playing uh, a song off his new album. There's one where we were playing Satin Doll, uh, so it was either one of those two, so yeah. And then the second one uh, was uh, you played Giant Steps uh, on guitar, and that was absolutely an amazing cover of John Coltrane. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, I try, I try to take, you know, people's solos and just try to make it my own. So thank you so much. And then the third video that I, I, I felt was uh, just uh, stellar was the one uh, where you played Chick Corea, Spain, and you were with your family, too. music so moving forward for you uh, justin are, are you gonna stick with uh, any particular type of music or are you focused on a direction maybe at this point i'm not sure i'm just trying to find my you know my sound at the moment but uh i don't think i'll stick on to one genre i'll pro- probably explore different things and try to mix them up so uh yeah i think i'm just trying to find my sound mm-hmm Let's talk a little bit about Groove Kid so that we can uh, highlight a little bit of uh, what you've done. This release came out last November, as you pointed out. How were you able to assemble all the people that you have playing with you on this? You have such a stellar lineup of musicians that join you on this album. Thank you so much. Uh, so I think it really came together with the, you know, the times that we're in because... Uh, um, when we started production on the album, uh, you know, the world basically shut down because of the pandemic. So everybody was home and everybody had free time on their hands. So I thought it was a perfect time, you know, to um, get these people on because uh, they weren't out touring or gigging. And uh, th- that's basically what my dad told me. Like, if the pandemic didn't happen, uh, you probably wouldn't even have gotten half the people you got on your album. So I'm really grateful for that. And yeah, it was a really fun time to you know, make it. When you were recording this, did you actually go in studio or how, how did you accomplish all of this? And did the musicians come to you uh, or was it all by way of uh, either a Zoom or some other uh, recorded session? Oh, we, were, we all did it virtually. I recorded my parts uh, all in this room, all in this room. Uh, and uh, we either uh, get on the phone with like, Jeff Lorber talk about songs, uh, and then he'd make something and then send it to me, and then I'd put my stuff on it. Uh, so it kind of worked like that, a good, you know, virtual back and forth with it, and uh, I loved uh, working with everybody. They're so nice. Well, uh, why don't you do a little name dropping and tell us uh, some of the people that you actually worked with on this recording? Okay, cool. Uh, thanks for permission to name drop. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. Uh, so Bob James on a tab him. I did a cover of um, uh, Angela, which is the theme from Taxi.
super honored that uh, he was on it. I got Najee to be on one of my dad's originals. Jeff Lorber produced two of my songs. Kim Waters produced a song. And then Paul Jackson Jr. played guitar on one of the songs. And um, Gerald Albright in Pieces of a Dream mm-hmm. uh, was on a song called Justin. And Michael Pivaquina, who's a excellent Brazilian bass player, played in a song I wrote called Quarantine. But that's that's most of them. That's most of them. Right. Well, uh, you know, it's quite an impressive list. Uh, you know, not many 13-year-olds get a chance to play with somebody from Pieces of a Dream or Najee or uh, Bob James, for that matter. Uh, so uh, rather impressive. Uh, you've Thank done you well, so man. Thank you. Thank you so much. One of my favorites uh, on there was African Chant. Tell me about that one. Yeah, so African Chant is a song that my dad wrote. Uh, years ago, and actually, majority of the songs is songs that my dad wrote uh, for his albums and for guitar, basically. But then, um, yeah, he approached me with African Chant, and I already loved the song, so I just thought I'd give it a shot. What about Justin? Is that a little play on words? Uh, or I'll, I'll, I kept thinking when I saw the title, it said just in. Like, to me, what my reference in my world is, oh, this just in. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a, a play on words because, um, uh, yeah, it's just in, you know, Justin. Justin was written by uh, James Lloyd of Pieces of a Dream, who is like an adopted uncle to me. Uh, yeah, and he basically gave me that song on my birthday. Uh, he sent me an email and he was like, uh, hey Neff, like, uh, I sent you a, um, a gift in your email for your birthday and I opened it up and it was Justin. Tell me ab- also about uh, Over S.A. That was Over one of the tracks. 
Yeah, that's that's one of the songs that my dad wrote from the album, and yeah, another one of those cases where he wrote it for his guitar. Jonathan Butler on it. Uh, yeah, so that's how it came along. Now, speaking of name dropping, I mean, that there's a fantastic uh, association or collaboration. Oh, yeah, Jonathan Butler. And it's cool because the song's called Over Essay, which stands for South Africa, and we're both from, you know, South Africa. So it was a, it was a really good co- co- collaboration. And then what about the uh, song Quarantine? Quarantine. Uh, well, I was basically bored in my room when I wrote the song because uh, the pandemic just happened and all our shows were like canceled. So I was like, really kind of, I was a little frustrated, but I was like, okay, this is a good time uh, to work on my album. So I was just on my bed bored and then the melody popped into my head. named it Quarantine and got uh, Michael Paquina on it and he killed it. So it's a nice little, uh, basically like p- piano and bass duet is how I would describe it. Uh-huh. Are you going to stick with any one particular instrument and, and become the uh, extremely proficient and best in the world on X? Uh, I don't know. Uh I've, I think I'll just try to do my best on the instruments that I play already and I want to pick up saxophone and all these different instruments so I just I just have to see. Yeah. So why aren't you doing the drums too? What the heck? Uh, I'm leaving that to my sister Jamie. I do play a little and she's teaching me but she, she I'm leaving that to her. It's her job. Do you guys expect to continue to record together, or, or will you go separate paths, do you think, maybe musically? Uh, yeah. Uh, as long as, you know, she's cool with recording, then she'll be my first pick, and uh, I'm always down to record with her, so, yeah. It just depends uh, where we're at, you know, at the moment. 
Speaking of where you're at at the moment, uh, what's coming up ahead for you now that we're near the tail end, let's hope, uh, of quarantine? Anything uh, in the way of performances or concerts on the horizon for you? Well, we do have a, we do have a few uh, shows uh, coming up, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I recently just had my first performance in over a year and a half, and it was, it was a really cool experience. Uh, yeah, so we have a few shows coming up, and hopefully by 2022 it'll be you know fully opened up so we can go. And right now you do have a recording label. I do. Yep, Shawnee Records. Super grateful for them. They're so cool. And you know they're a great uh, recording label as well because they cover a lot of genres. So you've you've yeah. got a lot of opportunity there. You can. Uh, pick and choose uh, where you might fall in, and I'm sure you would get their undying support. Yeah, they're so great. They gave me so much creative freedom, and I'm so grateful for them. Uh, you know, uh, Danny Wise, who is like an uncle to me, Uncle Danny, and, you know, all the team from Shawnee, they're so cool. What about uh, anything in development in the way of a recording? Are you working on something now? Do you have something in mind? Oh, yeah, I'm working on new music right now, so... Be on the lookout for some new music yet. Yeah, do you want to give us a little preview or a hint? Well, I don't I don't have everything set up right now, but next time, I promise, I will. This this has got to be a great life for you. You you must really be enjoying life. Uh, I I can't see how you could not. I I am and I'm super grateful for you know all the opportunities I've gotten. Uh and yeah, I'm just live enjoying life, you know, play music so yeah. Is there anything you feel that maybe the music has taken you away from enjoying as a kid? I don't think so, because my parents has given me a great balance. So if I didn't feel like, you know, playing music or, uh, you know, practicing that day, they, they wouldn't have an issue. They'd be like, yeah, you can just go do whatever you want, you know, as long as my schoolwork was finished. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. In closing, why don't you tell our listeners how they can learn more about you, where they could hear your work, uh, read more about you, etc. Yeah, you can you can find me on social media on Instagram at official underscore Justin Lee Schultz, and on Facebook at the JLS Experience, and on YouTube as Justin Lee Schultz, and you can find my music on all digital platforms. Do you have a web page yet? Not yet. We're working on it. We're working on it. Mm-hmm. Well, this is great. I, I, I'm glad that we had this opportunity to uh, spend some time here today, Justin. It's uh, a real privilege and an honor. And no, I wasn't really that nervous, but still nervous enough because, first of all, you're the youngest guest we've ever had. We're, we're in awe and we are amazed at your talent, Justin. And we. Thank you consider it a privilege to have had you as our guest here on All That's Jazz. Thank you. It's my honor. I'm, I'm so glad uh, we got to talk and got this chance, you know, have a conversation, had fun. Well, all the best to you, your family, and uh, keep swinging. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz with Justin Lee Schultz. We'd like to thank Ben Sedrin for the use of Mr. P's Shuffle as our theme song. And visit us again next time for another interesting conversation on All That's Jazz. If you like today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the streaming service you use. 
All That's Jazz is available on every major streaming app, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as Facebook and online at allthatsjazz.net.